Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. Reflections from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a family ministry of Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join us as we break open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for this Sunday's Mass, as we invite the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers to inspire us today. And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I am joined by Cameron Norris. Welcome, Cameron. Thank you so much. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. But before we break open the bread of life, let me invite the Holy Spirit into our hearts that we're able to see what we're to see, hear what we're to hear, and then learn and put it into action. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Come, Holy Spirit, into our hearts, and then kindle our hearts the fire of your love. Set them ablaze in your love and allow us to take that love into this world, Heavenly Father. We invite the Holy Spirit into this meeting to help us to see what we're to see and to hear what to hear, and then to put it into action. Father, we give you our all in, our total yes. Use us as instruments in the salvation of souls this day and all the days of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And Amen. Cameron, do you mind giving us a little gospel love? I would love to. Again, we are in the book of Matthew, chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. Jesus told his disciples this parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out at dawn to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with them for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. Going out about nine o'clock, the landowner saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, You too go into my vineyard, and I will give you what is just. So they went off, and he went out again around noon, and around three o'clock, and did likewise. Going out about five o'clock, the landowner found others standing around, and he said to them, Why do you stand here idle all day? They answered, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You too go into my vineyard. When it was evening, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Summon the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and ending with the first. When those who had started about five o'clock came, each received the usual daily wage. So when the first came, they thought they would receive more. But each of them also got the usual wage. And on receiving it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last ones worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us. Who bore the day's burden and the heat? He said to one of them in reply, My friend, I am not cheating you. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what is yours and go. What if I wish to give this last one the same as you? Or am I not free to do as I wish with my own money? Are you envious because I am generous? Thus, the last will be first and the first will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. 
I love it when Jesus teaches in parables, when you realize that a parable is a real life story meant to teach us a heavenly reality. And God's taken me a little bit deeper in that because in the life stories that I go through every day, what the Lord has taught me to do is put up a mirror and ask a question, Jesus, what do you want to teach me in this story? Because it's all about us learning about the condition of our own hearts. And so when you read this story, you're like, you know, it doesn't seem fair. You know, this guy worked all, all day and at the end of the day, this guy only worked an hour or two and everybody gets the same amount. You know, that's not fair. See, that's looking at it with worldly eyes. But what the Father's showing us here in this parable that Jesus gives us is that he wants to reveal the condition of the hearts of the people because he does it really, really keenly. He says, pay the first one last and the last one first so that the first one can watch what happens. And then what does that reveal about the heart of the ones that worked all day? Envy. You see, envy is not welcome in the kingdom of God. It can't enter it. So for me, this story, this parable is about, Lord, what do you want to reveal to me in this? And what he revealed to the workers that were hired and they agreed to the wage is the fact that they had something in their heart that needed to go. Right. Because envy can't enter through the kingdom of heaven. It can't come into it. It's a worldly thing. So for me, I don't want to ever make it about money. I don't want to be envious. I want to realize that God, when I said my yes to the invitation, which is what this is here, is an invitation to work in his vineyard, which is the world. When I said my yes, my role in this is to be commissioned, joined with the mission of Christ, taken on Christ's yoke for what? The salvation of souls. And too many times we look with worldly eyes, what's in it for me? Did I get more or less? What am I getting? Stop. We should celebrate, even at the last final moment of a person's life, if they give their yes to the Lord, and we were somehow a part of that journey for them, we need to celebrate, always celebrate, not judge, not was it fair, not what did I get out of it. So, wow, this parable for me, Lord, help me, reveal to me the impurities in my heart, and then purge from me those impurities, and perfect in me that which is of Christ so that I may truly represent you in this world and be an invitation to the eternal banquet. That's beautiful. And do we know that we are on this continued refining with him? And, and he is so good to us and so kind in the way that he does this. As you pointed out, he let the other people watch the people from five o'clock get paid first. He wanted to do a work in their heart that it could have been avoided. He could have said, hey, here, here's how you avoid conflict. Ready? You let them get paid and let them leave once they walk out the door, then pay the other people the same amount, and then everybody's happy with everything, and nobody knows you know, what I did. You know, We'll do some things in secret, and, and nobody has to find out, and nobody gets upset. Instead, he doesn't just care about what the situation is. He cares about the work that he's doing in the hearts of each of those people. And and I, I'm using that with the parable, but also to us. He cares about what he's doing in our hearts, I think most times, more than what he cares about the outcome of a situation. So I think it's just a lens that we need to look through. He's continually wanting to refine us 
if we can look through that lens, then we can see opportunities and situations that we walk into as, okay, Lord, what do you want to do in me? What what things are you bringing to the surface? And, and I'm thinking of um, something simple, but, you know, you get into this mindset of like, hey, I'm pretty good at this. I'm pretty good at this. I'm pretty good at this. I'm, I'm in a good place here. I'm in a good place there. I'm speaking for myself. And then something simple will come up where um, it'll expose like a um, a heart issue with us where it is, you know, I thought I was generous and then he put me into this situation and, you know, this greediness came to the surface. And it's like, I didn't even know that was in there. And, and, and he used this simple example or illustration to bring something to the surface. And it, it would have been easier to just like stuff it back down, hide it and say, oh, well, you know, I have good reason. And here, and here's, here's my good reason for why, why I had these thoughts or, or these actions in this moment. But instead, I think for me, I needed to put on the lens of, Lord, I didn't even know that was in there. Thank you for bringing that to the surface. I don't want that in there anymore. We, we need to refine that out. I need to, you know, whatever it is, you know, in that situation, ask for forgiveness and, and talk it through. But he wants to continually grow us. He, it's, it's like a, a continual striving for, mm. right? It, we never get to this moment where it's like, okay, you've arrived and now you're good to go. It, it's, okay, hey, that thing we did last week, that was awesome. Guess what? I got something to do in you today. I got something to do in you tomorrow. I got something to do in you tomorrow. And, and, and next week, because I want you to grow in love. I want you to grow in kindness. I want you to grow in generosity. I want you to grow in serving others. I want you to grow in taking care of yourself. I, I think all of these things, um, he wants to, I, I just keep thinking of the word, continually refine us. Yeah, I like to use the word purgation because, you know, we in the Catholic world understand purgatory as that period when after we pass, you know, and we've said our last yes to the Lord, that these things like envy, unforgiveness, and that, they got to go, that you can't, Revelations tells us, the book of Revelations, nothing unclean can enter the gates of heaven. So for me, I believe we're all in this journey of purgation, which is what you just described. And what that is, is it's a purging of that which is not of Christ, you know, our judgmental, unforgiveness, envy, all that good stuff, all that bad stuff. Right. And then it's a purification of what is of Christ. And it comes from 1 Corinthians, you know, where the gold and silver it, through fire is purified and the impurities come out, but the hay and the stubble and the wood burn off and there'll be suffering. So for me, it's about the fire of God's love, that purgation fire that purges from us and purifies and perfects us in our journey here on earth. And to the extent there's things still left, well, that's that purgation, that purgatory period before we enter the kingdom of heaven. And it's like, Lord, take me through it now, burn it off me, get it squared away. And I love these parables because I'd like to share a story with you. There was a man that, that a pastor brought to a gospel reflection group, and he was in a bad way. Wife threw him out, smashed his wedding ring, clothing all out on the, on the sidewalk. He was a mess. He came, and through that gospel reflection group, he came to know the Lord. He came in to give his yes. And then he brought another friend 
And that friend happened to be my childhood friend, and his name was Tony also. And that man has come to the Lord now and is all in and, and is on his journey home to the Lord. is beautiful. But my friend, the first friend, ended up getting a brain tumor. And it was a geoblastic multiformer, which typically people don't live more than two years. And so he couldn't work anymore because his brain didn't function right and had the surgery. And so he ended up getting disability and he got a disability check. Took him about six to nine months till he finally got his first check. And then he just sat at home. He'd get his check, sit at home. And it's right here in, in this scripture reading, they were standing, they were standing, they were standing. They had no purpose because no one invited them. So this man came to me one day and said, you know, David, um, I have no joy. He said, I, I have no life. I, I get my check, but I sit at home. I, I said, do you go to church anymore? No, no. I just sit at home. And I said, I haven't seen your gospel reflection. No, no. I, I have no joy. I just sit at home. I said, well, may I help you? He said, yeah, absolutely. I said, the Lord, I believe, touched and healed your brain tumor. And I said, he's given you gifts. Give the check back, don't accept the disability check, and go back to work in the field where you had the gifting that brought you joy, which happened to be in car sales. He was really good at it. And he, he's like, really, you want me to do that? I said, absolutely. I said, if you want joy back, if you want purpose, then stop taking the check and get back out to work, and that will give you life, and it'll give you purpose. Well, I'll tell you what, it was a tough love time with he and I, but he listened. He stopped the check, which came every week, went back to work. And today he ended up meeting his wife, getting married. He's living a phenomenal life. The brain tumor from every indication has been gone for now like eight years. Wow. And he's selling cars successfully. He's now a manager again, and he's filled with joy and humility and just grateful heart. But you know, when they're standing around and they don't have purpose, when you're not yoked with Christ with a purpose, yeah. you have no joy. Yep. You're the dead man walking. So ladies and gentlemen, I think it's you and I, as Christ lives in us, with us, and through us, that needs to make these invitations to people that we meet that are standing around that don't have the joy we have and says, come on, join in, learn what it's, what it's all about, life is about being an instrument God uses to bring his mercy, his compassion, his love into the world, and to be an instrument in the salvation of souls. That's so good. And we can all remember those times where somebody else invited us in. Um, how, how much more, if that's our mindset, is it easier to invite somebody else in? I'm thinking about another parable and a refining. It, this is just kind of a, it's not a super profound story, but it's a real one for me. I remember we went to, out to eat at a restaurant with our kids and our kids wanted to order a soda. And I said, you know, they'll have, they'll have water. And so, you know, the waitress is there and it's a little bit of back and forth. And then the waitress walked away and the kids asked a very innocent and honest, sincere question, you know, why can't I have a soda? Um, and immediately it was like this thought of, well, because when I was a kid, my mom wouldn't get me a soda when we went out to a restaurant. She told me I had to have water and I didn't realize I, I can I have it identified now as that poverty 
spirit, that poverty mindset. And here I am trying to pass that along to my kids. I, I didn't know it at the time, but within those few minutes, it, it was the Lord bringing to the surface, you really want to pass this on to the next generation? And, and my wife was there with with me at the time and we just made the decision right then to say hey kids you're allowed to have your you know we don't let them just chug sodas all day long we're also responsible parents but in the moment was you want a soda get a soda but and it it doesn't seem like a very profound thing but i'm telling you like a wall was broken down in that moment where i truly didn't know I had that mindset, you know, that was passed on to me um, of, ah, well, you know, to get a soda at the restaurants, $2. And, you know, if we go to one of the stores, we can get a 12 pack for $4.99. And, you know, we can keep those at home and you can get your one every so often. I, I mean, it just seems it was all logical when it was passed on to me. And it was trained to me that mindset. But there's there's things in us that shouldn't be there the way that they are. And I think we have to be conscious. And when those things come to the surface, what are we passing on to our coworkers? What are we passing on to our children? What are we passing on to our friends? Um, yeah, it, it it's it doesn't seem like a profound story that I'm sharing, but I'm, I I can tell you sincerely in my heart in that day, it was profound. Like, okay, this ends here. I am not passing on this poverty mindset to my children. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important. And again, thinking back of when you were with me, Cameron, um, a situation where, uh, two senior managers went around us to our, our team. I remember. And had a meeting without us and didn't invite us and didn't ask us and didn't tell us. Well, you know, that kind of upset me a little bit. So I was like, I can't believe they did this, blah, 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 blah. So the next day, and of course I vented on it with Cameron and Cameron was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> next day I got ready for the morning to head down to work, get in the elevator and started down. And, uh, Lord said, how'd it feel? So what do you mean, Lord? Well, how'd it feel when they went around your back and did that? I said, it didn't feel too good. He said, well, now you know how they feel when you did it to them. Wow. Yeah. And I went, Oh my goodness. You're right. I didn't ask permission. I thought because, you know, I'm this company's, you know, been entrusted to me that I, I can go right to them without going, not going to the management team. And there's nothing wrong with that. And the Lord's like, Oh no, it's called disrespect, David. So now you've experienced it. Now you know how they felt. Now you can correct it. I'm telling you, these stories, as you're going through things in life, you need to have <laughs> spiritual eyes open, spiritual ears open, and say, Lord, what did you want to teach me? And then look in the mirror. Because God wants these impurities purged now, as do I, because at my time of death, I want to enter the gates of heaven, not, not do a continuation of right. purgation. Right. Yeah. I, I think we also need to be aware of when the Lord is doing something with somebody, sometimes the situation, it, it might be um, 
you know, the Lord's using me as an instrument to, to bring about change in a certain thing, but oftentimes he's using other people. And I think we have to remember to keep those, keep our hearts pure, our hands clean, to be able to celebrate when somebody else gets the spotlight, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, because oftentimes he, he might even use somebody, they just showed up an hour ago, and all of a sudden they they were able to solve something that you were working diligently on for the last month and, you know, getting all your ducks in a row and boom, somebody else has the breakthrough moment and they get celebrated for it. That's okay. That's okay. He, he can use different people in different situations. And we don't, we don't talk about the enemy that much when we get together and do this radio show, but that's just a, that's just a page out of the enemy's playbook to say, here's your opportunity for some jealousy. Here's your opportunity <laughs> for some envy. Here's your opportunity. You know, if you were if you were better, just all of those lies that he wants to put in our ear instead of cut that nonsense, that voice out of your thought. You, you know, the Lord, the Bible says, take every thought captive. We can take those things captive to the obedience of Christ and and celebrate that person. It 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 can change a situation when we are willing and able to celebrate somebody else's breakthrough, and because we know what it feels like when other people celebrate our breakthroughs that that we p- played a bigger role in. So I I think this is also a warning to don't let that jealousy creep in don't let that envy or that pride of oh well you know they don't they only showed up and and worked for an hour and 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 partly what i'm speaking to i'll identify even more there's there's people in our lives who let's say let's say we've been walking with the lord for 20 30 40 years 10 years even a whole year and then you have somebody who's been walking with the lord for a week and oftentimes You'll, you'll get to see some of the things that the Lord is doing a work in their life or through them. We need, to, we need to band together as brothers and sisters and celebrate those things. It, it doesn't mean, hey, you got to put in your time like I did. I mean, that's just a mindset that we have to stop. That's a thought that we have to take captive and say, way to go. That's awesome. I love to see what he's doing in your life in you, with you, and through you. Beautiful. And I think the other word that jumped out at me is Scripture commands us to not compare. So good. Look what you did. Look what I did. Look what he did. Look what I did. Can you believe I did? I go to church every day. I I, I do this. I I, I, I do this. I know the rosary. I I say it. I this. I bet. Stop. Stop. It's about a relationship, an ever-deepening, intimate relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Stop comparing. I mean, I think comparing to me is a huge, huge trap that I don't want to get trapped into because, wow, that can be uh, really a bad thing. My wife helped me the other day. A a person hurt me and up and quit from the company and really, really hurt me. I didn't understand why. So I went home and I started sharing all the negative things that I felt about that person. And my wife said, David, stop. Why don't you celebrate the good that that person did for this company? 
Won't you celebrate the good of the people they brought to this company? Won't you celebrate the good of what they did? Put on a different set of glasses because the ones you're wearing now, they're robbing and stealing your joy. They're not helping you. They're not hurting him. It's the enemy who's attacked you and you've allowed him and you put the glasses on. And I went, well, Lord, thank you. Thank you, sweetheart, for helping me because you're right. I focused on the negative and that's never of God as opposed to celebrate where he did help the company and then pray for him and wish him best. Yeah, it's so good. And it's also a friendly reminder. Oftentimes, the voice of the Holy Spirit sounds like our wife. (laughs) (laughs) Or we need those people in our lives that have access to speak to us those kinds of things where we're ready to go down a rabbit trail of boom, 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 negative, negative, negative. We need those people in our lives to be able to say, hold on, pause, time out. Have you looked at it this way? If you look, have you, do you see the optimism in this? I think it, those things that could happen in the future have the opportunity to rob and steal our joy. And that is not the voice of the father. The voice of the father is not to rip joy out of our life, to rip the, he wants that optimism in our lives. So I think there needs to be people in our lives where we give access and we have ears to hear when we bring a story to the table and it is a trail of negativity to be able to say, could you see how the Lord could use this to bring about positivity? Absolutely. And I read the last line, thus the last will be first and the first will be last. And I always like got a little bit confused about that. didn't quite understand it. And then I reflected a little bit further, but here is what I think it is. How many people have said to me, oh, I was saved when I was 14. I was saved when I was 18. I was, you know, I'm good to go. I'm, I'm, I'm all good with the Lord. Me and the Lord, we're all good. Too often. And the problem is they've taken for granted the gift they've been given and the fact that they're on a journey just like you and I. Yeah. And I just accepted the Lord last week. We're in a work in progress journey that we're not complete, nor will we be until we enter into heaven and you're fully united with Christ. So too many times, those that came on early, they're in the good-to-go mode versus, Lord, teach me. Lord, help me. Lord, refine me. Lord, mold me. And so for me, man, I don't want to fall in that bucket of, I'm good to go. I got it figured out. It's been paid for. Here I am. No. Lord, keep molding me. Keep forming me. Keep shaping me into your image and likeness so that I can be that invitation to the eternal banquet with you. God bless each and every one of you. Let's be instruments in the salvation of souls. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. 
If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.